Welcome to the PCTR Podcast. I'm Robbie Itterberg, Senior Pastor. I want to thank you for listening today. We hope that you hear from God and that this podcast encourages you in your faith journey. You can connect with us on social at facebook.com slash PCTRNJ or our Instagram handle, PCTRNJ. Or you can find more information or resources at PCTR.org. Have a great day. Peace. So if you didn't catch that already, and, but we haven't had the chance to meet, I am Pastor Christian, one of the pastors here, and it is my joy to continue our sermon series that we've been doing for the last several weeks. It is Who's On First, picking up on that classic comedy routine, um, joking in about the names of the people that are on the different bases and the, and the outfielders and, and all of that. And we are using that as an, an opening to look at the names of God. And uh, Pastor Robbie, uh, pardon the dad joke here, but he's, he's been hitting it out of the park um, as, he, as we have looked at some various names. We have looked at Yahweh, I am who I am. We've looked at Adonai, or Lord. We've looked at El Shaddai, which is God Almighty. And today we're going to look at another name of God. And I, I love this opportunity to look at these names because I, I think of them kind of like facets on a diamond. And facets have many different, or I'm sorry, diamonds have many different facets and they offer windows of the, the, the essence of the diamond. And in the same way, each of these names offer us a window into who God is. God is transcendent and beyond all comprehension. But these names that He has chosen and that He uses and how we know Him are opportunities to be able to understand Him or understand a part of who God is. Today, we're actually going to look at uh, a new name. It's called Yahweh Shalom. Uh, which is God of peace. That's in the Hebrew. In, in Greek, it would actually be Theos Tes Arenes. Um, the name shows up in both the Old and the New Testament, and so different languages are used. And uh, our passage today is actually going to come from a passage uh, that is connected to the last time I preached a little while ago, last month. L- one of the times I was with you, I was talking about Paul's trip to Philippi, and how the founding of that church really kind of kicked off. And we talked about Lydia, and we talked about the woman who was oppressed, and we talked about the Philippine jailer. Well, Paul helped found that church. He had moved on, and there was a concern, and he actually wrote a letter back to them, and that's how we have the letter to the Philippian church. And so we are going to be reading a passage out of there, and in it you're going to hear about... Uh, two ladies on the front end who have had some differences, and, and Paul is encouraging them to set aside their differences, that they would come together in unity and in peace. And so you'll see that in our passage, just as a little kind of opener, so you have a window in where we are going. The, our passage comes from really almost the end of the letter. Let's go ahead and take a look at it right now. Let's look at God's Word for us. It is Philippians chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. 
I plead with you, Yodia, and I plead with you, Syntyche, to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in, seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for you, for you yourself, the God of peace, Yahweh, Adonai, and how you reveal yourself to us. Lord, we ask that you, your Holy Spirit, would be here and you would reveal more of yourself to us, that we would come to understand you more and more, that we might know you and love you more and more. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to actually start with um, uh, just a little story actually from a previous missions trip. My son and I went down about three years ago to Chiapas, and this time we actually went to an area we don't normally go to. We went to the Lacandone jungle, and the Lacandone jungle is right up against the border of Guatemala. And it is jungle-like, um, and I don't know if you've ever spent any time in a jungle, but in the morning, um, the sun comes up and the, the humidity kind of raises up the, it comes up in the steam and the clouds form, and then often in the afternoon, the rains will come. And I saw this, the, the ground would kind of flood and, and the creatures and things like that would often have to find high ground. Um, and it's just kind of the cycle of the jungle. And so my son and I were there, and I remember we had this area that was set aside for us that was nice and, and, and uh, dry and a good place for us to stay, but um, I, I wanted to go out to this other area. It seemed grassy. It seemed nice to me. Uh, I could have a nice view. I was actually brushing my teeth as I went out here, and lo and behold, as I went out into this place that looked good to me, but what I found is that the ants had been driven up by the rain, and they were very quickly in through my sandals and up in my legs. And so I actually had to run back to the place that had been set aside for us, literally kick off the can, or my sandals and get the ants off me, and I had bites the rest of the trip, um, and even I came home with a few of the bites. Um, and I, I use this as kind of just a metaphor, just an image, as we think about our passage today. And the, the question is, where are you going to camp? We can go and camp in a place that looks good to us, that we might be curious about, that might have things that we would be interested in, um, but can actually lead to great danger or peril. Or we can go to a place that is peaceful, 
safe and clean and, and experience peace in that place. And the question is, where are we going to camp? And so we're looking at the God of peace, and we want to understand what does peace mean in the Bible. And um, that peace uh, in, the, in the Greek, which we have here in our passage, it, it actually pops up twice, once connected to God's name and once just generally as peace. In classic Greek, the peace is the state of law and order that gives rise to blessing and prosperity. It also speaks to peaceful conduct amongst amongst people, where there's no more conflict, that, that people are not fighting directly. And so that's part of the Greek meaning, and it, um, if, it's out, if they were using the word outside the Bible, that's basically what it would mean. If it's in the Bible, it's really built on the, the Hebrew idea of shalom, which is Hebrew for peace. And, and I love the, the meaning of shalom because it is much more encompassing. The root denotes an idea of completion or wholeness. Not just, not just the cessation of violence, but it has this whole idea of unity and restored relationship. In fact, it encompasses all of these ideas, that of fulfillment, completion, maturity, soundness, wholeness, harmony, tranquility, security, well-being, welfare, friendship, agreement, success, and prosperity. And that is the Hebrew idea of peace. And when that is connected with God, when, when Gideon says that he has an altar, and on the altar he is going to put the name of God, a God of peace, Yahweh Shalom, it encompasses this idea. And when and Paul is talking about this in this passage, he's building on that idea. And we have this beautiful image of God. And so Paul is talking about this uh, the situation, and we want to see how this kind of unfolds. What more can we see here? How can we understand this more? And uh, what we see is that we have the opposite of what peace is. The opposite of peace is actually anxiety. The verse 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. And this idea of anxiousness, there's a whole spectrum of anxiety, uh, at least how it's probably commonly used in our, our uh, language today. We could be anxious, perhaps we're at a restaurant and we're worried that um, something might spill on our shirt or our jacket, and we could say, we're, oh, I'm a little anxious about that, I just don't want to have that happen. We're talking about a much more serious anxious. We're talking about the type of anxiousness that has the, the, the type of impact that it can debilitate us. Maybe even feel like we're being torn apart or cut up. In my own life, I think about um, in 2007 and 2008, and when we were in that financial crunch, and um, I was actually a private school teacher at the time, and uh, I remember there was the deadline in, 2000, in spring break of 2008 to see all the students that would come back. And at this private school that I was at, more than 40 students said they would not be coming back. And that put the school in a very serious financial challenge. And I remember the anxiousness that really was knocking on my door in that time, 
wondering would I have a job um, for the next year. And it was a real challenge. That's the type of anxiety that we're talking about. And I think we can probably think about the anxiety that we have experienced going through the pandemic this last year and a half. And what was that like, especially um, the first spring that we were experiencing that. There was great concern and we were very divided and, and we were sheltering in place. It was, it was a time that could be filled with anxiety. And the challenge for us in the midst of those types of situations in our lives is to decide where are we going to camp? Are we gonna camp in that anxiety or are we gonna land in a place where we can enjoy the peace of God and the God of peace? And there's a way to do that and a, and a way to understand that. And if we wanna understand how we can be in God's presence and how God is peace, we, we can look to the person of Jesus. If we're ever not sure of what Jesus, or what God is like, look to the person of Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate window into God. And Paul elsewhere, in Ephesians chapter 2, he says this about Jesus. He says, he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down his flesh and dividing wall of hostility that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. What Paul's saying here is that Jesus brings us peace and puts an end to hostility. There was this great hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles, and they were a people that were so divided and could just couldn't find a way to come together. So much so, it was, it was set up that they couldn't even have meals together, right? One of the ways to get to know someone or to make peace with someone is to go and have a meal. And they couldn't even do that because of how the food might be blessed or sacrificed in some way. And so they were divided. And they couldn't even have a meal together, let, away, let alone find a way to come together. But in Jesus, Jesus opens up a new way, fulfills the ceremonial law, and finds a way to overcome this hostility so that Jew and Gentile can come together and the peoples of the world can be made into a family, the family of God. And that's what he's talking about, bringing people together. Our horizontal relationships are brought together and overcome, and there can be peace, a family of peace. But not only that, our vertical relationship a relationship with God the Father, where we can find ourselves in hostility as well. By going ways that seem right in our own eyes, we find ourselves far from God and facing the consequences of our actions. But through Jesus, there on the cross, we have opened for us a way that deals with that hostility, that we can be brought together, and that as a united family and as individuals, we can have a good relationship with God. He is our peace. This is the type of peace that, we, that God wants us to experience. And he has some ways for us to work on this, to camp in that place 
it's good for us. This passage, it's a famous passage for encouragement of how to live our lives, that we would have this peace. Remember, peace is actually one of the fruits of the Spirit um, that's listed. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. And peace is one of these. And we can have that peace by camping in a particular way. One of the things that is talked about in our passage is that, remember in verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in all situations, uh, with prayer and bring your prayer and petitions with thanksgiving. I love this thanksgiving part. The thanksgiving causes us to remember how God has been faithful to us in the past, to our church, to the church universal, how God has been faithful to the people and has seen them through so many difficulties. And when we find ourselves in anxious situations, it can be helpful to remember how God has been there in the past and that God has been able to work through seemingly impossible situations. And it gives us a perspective, a unique or a different perspective than we might have just in our initial responses. That as we come with thanksgiving in all situations, it can help us. That's not the only help that Paul offers for us. He um, also talks about how through, the, um, through things that we can do with our mind and our passions, we can uh, refocus ourselves and, and find a way to camp there with God. He talks about focusing on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, and whatever is pure. These are really things that are of the mind, that we, they're truths and, and, and things that we can focus on. And so with our mind, by focusing on these things, we can spend time in that camp with God. It's not that we are earning our way in. We don't earn it, uh, but it's a way to, to be transformed and to focus on different things. It's an ongoing process, and just because we attempt to camp with God doesn't mean no difficulties will ever come our way. We would be foolish to think that. It's an ongoing process. The kingdom of God is breaking in more and more. Our transformation is a lifelong process that will not be complete until Jesus comes back. And it's an ongoing challenge, but nonetheless, we can spend time more and enjoy the peace that is available for us by focusing our mind on what is true and noble and right and pure. And then there's another part of the list that really focuses not just on our mind, but our passions. It talks about what is lovely, what is admirable, what is praiseworthy. These are passionate things that speak to us on a, on a deep level, um, what is lovely and what is admirable. It's not just with our minds that we can encounter God, it's with our passions as well. It's a holistic image that we can experience this, what He has for us. And as we do, we will experience more and more the God of peace, and it can be transformative in our lives. The beginning of the passage. Most people will actually not use the first few verses if they're preaching on this, but I went ahead and included it because it mentioned Iodia and Syntyche, and I think it's helpful to remember their story. They are mentioned earlier in the letter, 
um, and they're brought up here. And Paul actually it brings them up. Um, I don't know if it's quite a calling out. Um, very often, groups of people will be referred to in a letter, but not necessarily by name. But these ladies are actually mentioned by name. And Paul does not take sides, but he does point out that they've, they've both been beside him in ministry. And he talks about how their names and, and the names of co-workers in the church, they're in the book of life. But somehow, there's a difference between them. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but there's a difference between them. They are not unified, and they're not of the same mind, and they're not experiencing the peace. And Paul felt that it was so important and important for the peace of that church that he's addressing it and calling them to set aside their differences and to come together and experience the peace that they have. And I think that's a lesson for us that, that this it calls us to be transformed. We can be regular church goers. We can be close to God. We can have wonderful Bible studies, as Amanda mentioned earlier. We can have all kinds of things, but we might not be uh, unified in mind. And we're called to be together, that we would be a part of a peace that God wants and longs for us. And then I think also of Gideon, that we heard in that earlier passage that Amanda also uh, read and that uh, Robbie had referred to. Gideon, who was in a, a very dangerous situation, he had to hide that he was harvesting his food because he felt, was worried it would become people, the, en the enemies would come and take it. He was not experiencing peace. He was experiencing anxiety. But he's visited by God, and he is transformed by that experience, so transformed that he makes an altar that he would offer sacrifices ongoing. And uh, on that, he says, he inscribes the name Yahweh Shalom. And that Yahweh Shalom is for us to respond to, to think about how we can spend more time there, to camp there with God, that we would experience His peace. And that is my hope that we are, long, we are drawn into that, that we long for that peace. I don't know where the anxieties come for you. Um, it, it could be at work. It could be a family thing or a friend thing. It could be through our phone. It, it really, in our pockets is a device where anxiety can literally knock. And as we go out, um, the, the challenge is to decide where are we going to camp? Are we going to go to a place that seems right to us or easy? Or are we going to camp there with the God of peace that we would be able to experience that and live into that and be unified together? May that be the case. Amen? Please join me in prayer. Lord, I thank you for this message in revealing who you are, the God of peace, how transformative that can be. Lord, help us to take your words to heart, that they would be a guide for us. They would be like a light to our feet, that we would walk in your ways and be transformed, that we'll be unified, and that we'll be able to share that love and that peace with others, that they might see us and, and wonder what it is that's different about us. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.